From Business Republic Media, this is Webinar Ninja, a podcast about webinars. Well, not exactly. Let me explain. I'm Omar Zenholm. I'm the co-founder of The $100 MBA, an online business training and community, and I'm also the host of another podcast called The $100 MBA Show, Daily 10-Minute Business Lessons. But really, I'm a teacher. No, seriously, that's what I went to school for. I have a master's in education, and I was an educator for over 12 years before starting The $100 MBA. I'm fascinated with what makes a great teacher and communicator because that usually makes a great entrepreneur. So what does this all have to do with webinars? Let me back up a bit. 16 months ago, my partner Nicole and I started using webinars. It's never safe to assume, so just in case, what is a webinar? Webinars are basically a video conference on the internet. They're usually presentations, workshops, or seminars of some sort. They've become very popular recently because they are seen as the best form of video marketing. The next best thing to speaking to an audience live in person. So we wanted to be able to teach and engage with our students at the $100 MBA. So we started learning about this world of webinars, out of necessity really, looking at what options we had in terms of software, how to set one up, as well as what to do on the actual webinar. What do you say on one? How do you make sure people actually attend your webinar? It's kind of scary the first time around. I quickly realized that our experience in education gave us a bit of an advantage. After all, a teacher gives five matinees a day. Oh, and I met Nicole, my fiance and business partner, back when I was in education. She was also a teacher for over a decade. So we took what we learned about webinars and what we know about education, teaching, presenting, and wrote two books on the topic, the DIY Webinar Guide and the Teaching and Presenting Handbook. But we grew frustrated with the available platforms for doing webinars, so we decided to create one for ourselves. With the help of a few programmers, we put together our first version of Webinar Ninja. This is the name of the actual software. It was very beta, but it worked. And we started using it for our own webinars and our attendees would ask, hey, what are you using for this webinar? So we decided to clean it up and release it to the public in beta for only 200 users. Why 200? Well, honestly, we were scared. If anything didn't work in the software, we didn't want it to affect thousands of people especially when it comes to business and money. People get mad. And it was our first time selling software. And let's say it wasn't a walk in the park. Fast forward 10 months later to the present day, the day I'm actually recording this, we're working on officially releasing Webinar Ninja in about two months. We've been determined to find out what makes a better product, which leads us to this podcast. There are two brutally honest reasons why we're doing this show. One, this show is basically my way of pulling back the curtain on webinars so we can learn how entrepreneurs are using them successfully. You see, I learned very early in the process of creating Webinar Ninja that the people that want to do webinars are more concerned about what they do on them, how do they actually teach, present, sell, and are less worried about the technology. They're worried about the technology too, but what really keeps them up at night is what am I going to say in front of these people? The second reason is a bit selfish. This podcast is my own research and development exercise. Everything I learn in the process of this podcast has been and will be put into the Webinar Ninja platform. I share the journey of building this platform along with you, the good, the bad, and even the embarrassing. Now, even though this is not an interview podcast, you're going to hear from webinar attendees, organizers, and what I call heavy users. 
These are people that make a very good living using webinars. I learn how people use webinars, what they love about them, what they hate about them, and what are some of the struggles they're having along the way. In this process, I've consistently been surprised. I've been getting deep into the pains and needs of this world of webinars, and it's been a grueling but incredibly informative learning process, a process that I share with you on this show. On today's episode, I find out why webinars are so hot right now, why are a growing number of entrepreneurs using them, and how are some making millions with them? Yes, millions. Crazy, I know. But how are these webinars being used to make money? Here is an oversimplistic explanation of the most common use of a webinar. The host of the webinar, often the business owner, offers a live workshop providing valuable content to the audience. They're teaching, basically. Towards the end of the workshop, the host presents an offer to the audience. This usually has a lot to do with the content that they just covered in the workshop. Attendees then choose whether or not they'll buy the product by the end of the webinar. One of the best entrepreneurs I know using webinars in their business is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. John and his partner Kate have made over $1.5 million in 2014 alone using webinars. Both John and Kate are definitely heavy users. They've done over 60 webinars this past year. I gave John a call to ask him why he has had so much success when it comes to webinars in business. A bit of context though. John is a successful podcaster with his show Entrepreneur on Fire, and he has become the authority when it comes to helping new podcasters create their own shows with his training and community, Podcasters Paradise. This is the product that John offers on his webinars. On the call, I asked John, why aren't more people using webinars? To start off with, the struggle that I had is a struggle that so many people have, you know, when they first start, you know, it's that number one phobia, you know, it's that public speaking and you know, webinars don't exactly get equated right away with public speaking, but that's exactly what they are. I mean, you specifically with live webinars, you're there, you're talking in real time with people either via video, which I flip on my video all the time, you know, or even if you're showing your screen, you're still talking live. You know, if you slip up and say something like there's no rewind button, there's no edit. And that freaks people out. That freaks me out. You know, Pat Flynn has spoken in front of thousands of people, you know, at different conferences and missed it. Webinars freak him out. And I was freaked out about that. And that stopped me from getting started. But, you know, what really prompted me to get going was realizing that, man, sales are flat. What am I going to do to jumpstart podcasters paradise sales to get people to to see the benefit of it and so the biggest struggle for me really breaking it down omar was like just being afraid of of presenting live in front of tens hundreds and potentially even thousands of people even virtually and that really freaked me out you've obviously gone over your fear you've done 60 this year <laughs> i dig deeper so and asked john what a lot of people are concerned about selling on a webinar not everybody feels comfortable selling. I asked him how he fine-tuned his presentation to get more sales. Thank you. And it definitely was a learning curve. Absolutely. I mean, if I could show you the first iteration of my webinar presentation to my 60th iteration, it was a huge evolving process from step one to where I am now because that is tough. I agree with John. A webinar is very much like public speaking. And there are a set of skills you need to attain to do that well. But there is another facet to it all. It's sales. If you're going to want to promote your products and services using a webinar, you're going to need to know how to sell. I later asked John for some of the strategies he uses to get his webinar attendees closer to the yes line to make the sale. 
something that Derek Halpern says that I love, Omar, getting people closer to the yes line every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And that was, was where I was failing at the beginning. You know, I wasn't getting people that were far away from the yes line closer to the yes line by the time I was, you know, asking for that conversion, asking for that sale. And that was a failure. And, and that's why a lot of my early webinars didn't convert that well. As I continued to improve was because I started off by, number one, making a connection with the audience in that pre-interview chat, calling people's names out, having my video on, saying hi, letting them know that I'm here for them to answer their questions. Then number two, you know, really taking the time to introduce myself and my story you know, not assuming that people knew who, know who I was, you know, not droning on about it, being very clear, very concise, and then just boom, hitting them with value, you know, giving them great value throughout, you know, for podcast, the podcast workshop, you know, that's about creating, launching, growing, and monetizing a podcast. And I'll tell you a couple of things that I did as well, Omars. I just interspersed gifts within that webinar as well. And the law of reciprocity, which I think doesn't get talked about nearly enough, is massive. Like having that, that actual gift giving, that immediately changes the entire atmosphere. The temperature of the room, you know, goes up a couple degrees in a good way. And so that by the time you've done all those things, and you've made that connection in the pre-chat, you've told them about yourself and your journey to connect with them. You've given them a really valuable gift. You know, in my case, I give Podcast Launch, the number one ranked book in all of Amazon on podcasting. I give it to them for free. The law of reciprocity kicks in. I wanted to ask John a technical question. This is for selfish reasons. Remember, we're building a webinar platform that will be a complete solution for users. I wanna make sure it's amazing. This question has to do with webinar replays. Nicole and I ran our very first webinar and had 80 people register for it, but only about 25 people showed up for the live webinar itself. So what about the other 55 people that missed the webinar? Or what about those people that showed up late? This is where the webinar replay comes into play, a feature that allows you to record and then later send the webinar to your registrants. So back to John, I asked him a deeper question about webinar replays. Does he find that sending them to attendees results in sales or are they just a waste of time? What I find out from John is quite interesting. Have you found that people will actually buy off just watching the, the replay? Yes, but I want to qualify that. We probably average between four to six sales in the 24 hours after the live webinar because we give this 24-hour replay period. And so if we do say, which is a pretty average, 30 sales on a given live webinar, you know, with about 100 people there live for about a 30% conversion, very common numbers week to week, um, we'll see about four to six sales on the 24 hours, which isn't great to be honest with you because typically we have five to 600 people that are signed up for these webinars, mm -hmm. you know, maybe 200 that showed up and then maybe 100 that are on by pitch. So, you know, hypothetically, those other 400 people had 24 hours to watch and, you know, I would love to, to think that we'd get more sales off the replay, but after doing 60, you know, the numbers don't lie. It's four to six. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that, which I wouldn't mind talking about. And it's actually shifted our strategy a little bit okay. in the last month. Tell me about that. So, so I think replays are great. You know, a lot of people ask for them and they're awesome, but, and again, all I'm talking about is my experience and my opinions and, and this is what I'm, I'm looking to share, but I have definitely noticed that when you give people the option to press the play button, to press the pause button, to maybe come back and view it later, that later never comes. So that pause button gets used every single time there's an email or there's a phone call, there's a text, and it may never get pressed again. So what I've actually started doing is transitioning to what I call streaming webinars. 
So when John says streaming webinars that are recorded, he's referring to what is also commonly known as evergreen webinars. Notice that the actual view rates, like the actual time spent watching the webinars is much longer on the streaming webinars. After I talked to John, I jotted down some notes because I wanted to make sure that this feature was included in our software, Webinar Ninja, because so many people find it useful when it comes to webinar replays. And we're actually gonna take these streaming webinars to the next level by using them for content marketing, an aspect of marketing that webinars are currently not really being used for. More about that in a later episode. In the time that I've known John Lee Dumas, I found him to be a solid salesman. He knows how to convert his attendees into buyers. But webinars are not only about selling. They're also about giving great value to your audience, as John mentioned. But what does that really mean, great value? Is that just another buzzword, or does that have something to do with the actual content of your webinar? You have to offer information that people actually want, hence great value. But what I've learned is how you deliver your information in a way that ensures learning is what makes a webinar really successful. Because at the end of the day, a webinar essentially is a workshop, a lesson, a class, meaning you're gonna have to do some teaching. But what makes a great teacher? How do you become one? I find out on the next Webinar Ninja. This episode of Webinar Ninja is produced and edited by Nicole Baldinu. Music is by Dan Mills and Mark Bowes. Our content coordinator is Arthur Demain. Um, there's so much going on with webinars, and I'm learning so much along the way as we're creating you know, Webinar Ninja and, and doing this podcast. So uh, thanks again for your time. Dude, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So get your butt back to San Diego. <laughs> I will, man. Take care. Peace.